All right, so bonus round. Let's talk about pledge managers. Now, this is something that you, you can speak pretty uh, well on. You, you run your own pledge managing business, Jet Backer, and so this is something that you know a pretty good bit about. And so let's talk about, first of all, let's tell people, just in case they don't know, what is a pledge manager? Sure. A pledge manager is a service you use after a crowdfunding campaign to help you manage updates to addresses that the backers give you, and they often provide services to do additional sales. So maybe you did not collect shipping during the Kickstarter, or you decide to sell copies of your old games. Those would be things you might like to sell on a pledge manager. Yeah, and it kind of becomes like a store at the end. Like somebody is, has pledged for this campaign, and then like the pledge manager store opens up, and you can kind of add some stuff to it, or you, know, you add in the shipping, and you kind of have your cart, and then you check out again kind of thing. Am I, am I characterizing that correctly? Yes, that's true. And so you might ask, why would I want a separate cart not on my website and not on Kickstarter? Mm-hmm. And there's a few basic questions you should ask yourself to decide this. I generally come back to the first thing is that are you going do you did you forget to charge them something that you were supposed to charge them mm, so yeah. this the biggest thing is if shipping if you charge them shipping on the kickstarter you might not need a pledge manager if you did not charge shipping on the kickstarter which is becoming more and more popular you are probably best suited using a pledge manager and the reason is in addition you could send people to your website and you could have all these options it says if you live in the eu or you live in canada click this option and you pay for this much for shipping but then you're going to have to sync up your addresses from your website data with kickstarter and then if they change their shipping address then you have to manage that it is possible to do it's just more spreadsheet work so a lot of times creators find it's a lot easier that if you're you're going to need to take the additional sales you may as well merge them together but if you don't need to collect anything else and maybe it's your first game you might not need a pledge manager i generally look at it like this if you have let's say 300 backers that was about what it was in our first campaign what are the odds you think that someone was update their address between now and when the game ships i'm not sure off the top of my head but i'd like to say that it would be less than 100 without a doubt probably less than 50 so if you can think about that let's just if you were emailed by, let's just say even 50, 50 individual people that tell you nine months later, my address changed. Now, you could tell them, just go back on Kickstarter and update the survey there. But by the time you've already told them to do that, you probably could have already copied and pasted in the address that they emailed you into your final backer list. So at that point, it's kind of a wash. So let's just say you had 50 people. You might spend one, two, three, or four hours managing those updates. Maybe it's not that big of a deal. So as a first-time creator, that might not be that big of a deal. If you're not selling any more products and you don't have many updates to addresses, you probably should just use the Kickstarter built-in functionality. But now multiply that times 10. Maybe you have 3,000 people that back your campaign. And let's just say that 500 of them updated. Now, these numbers might be large, but I think you want to plan conservatively because the last thing you want to do is spend four hours a day at the end of the campaign before you ship responding to all these address changes is that at that point you have to start looking at whether that overhead of your time or someone's time on your team updating addresses and making sure your spreadsheets are up to date is worth the saving the money that you pay a pledge manager. And I think that's the best value in a pledge manager is if you ship an address, if you ship a game to someone and they 
told you the address before that you need to update and you, sh- and you ship it wrong, well, as a good creator, you're out shipping them a new product somewhere else and you've probably lost the first product. So those costs can add up quickly if you're not very good at managing all those address updates. Yeah, and speaking of like, so you make a good point. What's going to cost you more? Is it going to cost you more time and money to do it yourself, or is it going to cost you more money to just pay somebody else to do it? And you got to figure that out as a as a business. And whichever one costs you less, well, do that one. Now, as far as costs go, what are the typical? Just give me the general range of of pledge managers. There are generally three pledge managers people go to most readily. The biggest one is backer kit, then CrowdOx, then pledge manager. And you will pay anywhere from a similar price to the Kickstarter per sale, maybe 10% of the item that you sell on the pledge manager plus an additional fee. So in some cases, it can be more expensive than Kickstarter. In some cases, it can be a little bit less but some of the pledge managers give you different options of paying a flat fee up front to just doing variable pricing. It's all told, you will probably spend about 10 to 15% per add-on price that someone says. And this, I apologize to those other companies, I'm going to be estimating on the high side for this, but it's probably better just to assume that it's a higher price and be pleasantly surprised when it's less because there's multiple pricing structures for them. And it really depends on how big of a project you have. But it, there is like a, a fee that usually goes into just managing the backer. Maybe it's 50 cents and then a fee for if they pay anything additional. So if they don't buy, if a backer doesn't buy an extra item, it actually doesn't cost as much to manage their address. But if the person buys an extra copy of the game, then you're paying the percentage plus paying to manage the backer. Gotcha. And so it's almost so they're not taking ten or fifteen percent of what you made on Kickstarter. They're only taking money no. from the add-ons after the Kickstarter's over. Right. So if you're selling a thousand dollars worth of add-ons after the campaign, just assume you might get charged one hundred fifty dollars for that. Now there are some minimum costs and some setup costs, so it's going to be higher than that. But that's kind of simple math. So maybe maybe you instead want to say it's, you're raising ten thousand dollars, then you're probably out at least fifteen hundred dollars on that service. Now whether it's a lot or a little for you. That's of course that equation you have to figure out. And that I don't want to get their pricing matrix for each of the websites is very different. So I'm just trying to give you a broad brushstroke so you go in eyes open, knowing that there is a cost associated with their very very good services. And just make sure you you need one, and then figure out which works best for you. Yeah, gotcha. This is a, I want to ask you. This is something you you said a moment ago. A lot of people are putting shipping later they're not adding the shipping into the actual pledge they're doing it through the pledge manager why why is that why would somebody do that as opposed to just building the shipping into the price of the reward tier on kickstarter sure the primary reason that you would charge shipping later is that you have a lot of variable stretch goals you don't know if you're hit that will weigh a lot or gotcha. they'll change the num the number or size of your boxes now I guess there's two sides to the coin to this. Some creators would say you should have mapped out every last stretch goal you would possibly put in the game such that you would know the possible maximum box size and maximum weight, and you should base your shipping on that. Now, that's your perfect case scenario, but that isn't always the case. Sometimes things just go bonkers. So if you planned everything based on a maximum of raising $200,000 and you raise $2 million. What are you supposed to do? Yeah. Now, I, I'm not saying that there's a right answer, but those are the questions you're often faced with. So sometimes creators realize that they have to do more. So an option that you can save 
face mid-campaign could be if you add an expansion or maybe you add a really cool playmat or metal coins and you didn't put enough for shipping, you could say that if you buy this item, we'll charge you shipping separately for this later. So it could even be a, a split case scenario. You charge the right amount of shipping for the base game, but you've got an add-on that has variable shipping and you can't give people maybe maybe you decide not to add more pledge tiers because you already have 15 and you don't want to add more those are all really valid reasons why you do that but probably the most common scenario as a creator decides from the beginning is there we're still getting our final shipping quotes we're still getting our final game weight and size let's just go ahead and charge it all and we'll give an estimate to our backers up front Gotcha. That makes sense. This is kind of a way to prevent uh, accidentally screwing yourself over through adding too much weight. And that is almost a cliche at this point, how many people have done that with shipping, (laughs) destroying their company and putting them crazy into debt because they added metal coins or added extra things. The box size got an inch too big and now they have to go up to the next size of of postal service box or whatever it is. And so, yeah, that's a a good point. I hadn't thought about it from that angle. That's a a great point. Now, what what else should people be thinking about? When it comes to pledge managers, like what are what are just some of the things that maybe you don't think about until you've done it and you go, oh, now I get it. Like, what are some of those things? Sure. So the, the biggest things I think you would want to use a pledge manager for. So there's those basic questions of why should I use one? But then once you start using one, you realize everything else that they're going to help you with is that they can tailor your reminder emails to your backers. So if you just use the Kickstarter platform, all you'll get is that you need to fill out this shipping information. And then there's a last call, I believe that you can trigger on Kickstarter and that's it. So if you needed to do any sort of communication in between, you can do it. You just need to go in and either individually message backers, you export their emails and email bulk to backers, or you message everyone on a given backer tier. Those are all valid options in your situation. They might work just great, but there are some other reminder email options at the different pledge managers you can send more tailored messages of you need to back um you need to update this because we're about to send out your early shipped shipment items compared to your final shipment items that'd be one thing where kickstarter would give you the last call one time you could potentially do multiple waves of last call depending on early shipments etc other things that you would find valuable on a pledge manager are address verification now kickstarter has i believe some level of address verification in so i'm sorry if i'm shortchanging their service, but different pledge managers offer domestic and international address verification, which can be helpful. That would prevent people from typing in the wrong address or even just uh, leaving off important information. So those services make up a good portion of what you're actually paying for when using the services because they have to go against different databases for that. Uh, Probably a couple other things that are valuable is making sure that your backer list are formatted properly for your logistics partners. So some logistics partners require your data to be in rows instead of columns. And it takes a little bit of work to do that if you don't know how to do that readily and your pledge manager can do that for you in just a couple clicks. Gotcha. So it just removes a lot of hassle, a lot of potential losing money through shipping things the wrong ways or, you know, going to the wrong zip code or whatever it is. It just, it's a, it kind of helps you with the quality control of things in a lot of ways on the back end. Of things for sure well cool man hey do you want to take a, a moment to talk about jetbacker sure so we launched a pledge manager service earlier this year mostly because i i'm cheap and i didn't want to pay to use the services that were great even though they are great i'm i like to think that i'm pretty good at spreadsheets so i didn't see as much value in paying for the premium service and i started building out a model using my 
uh, my brother is our developer, started building it out. And then it was just going to be a bare bones thing just to meet exactly what I needed. But then I realized I've already got something half baked. Let's just build it out more. And so we started adding more and more features to accommodate other creators. So it turned out to be more than what I needed, but then also something other creators could use. And now I have the built-in savings every time we run a Kickstarter campaign. We use our own pledge manager and our only cost is the Stripe fee. So there's no additional cost there. So in the long run, I'll save myself thousands and thousands of dollars based on our upfront investment in making it. Uh, the platform itself, to give an honest self-assessment of the platform, is not as robust as the other platforms by design. I am creating this platform to offer a low-cost option to creators, and you decide what services you need. If you need this, that, or the other that those other services offer, I wholeheartedly recommend using all of those services. I'm not trying to take away those premium features because there is no way I could compete at this stage in life with the awesome things that they provide. That's not the goal. This is to provide you with a really cheap entry to get your pledge manager services if you need something that's more in the simpler level. So just something to keep in mind there. Uh, we do provide a few things that I think are kind of unique in the space with custom emails that you can send out to your backers and a lot of really complex shipping logic. Those are two things that I, I'm probably wrong. They probably already have something cool, but as far as I could see as a backer and as a project creator, weren't um, as flexible with the other things. But many of the other services they offer, you'd want to check them out and see if there's something that you care about compared to our services. So you're not trying to toot our own horn too much, but just say that if you want something and you, you want to save money and that's your primary driver, then we can definitely save you money. If you're looking for the Cadillac of pledge managers, you should not use our service. Gotcha. You, you guys are providing a really cool alternative to some of these other ones. Because like, like you're saying, if this is your first game, your second game, and you don't have all these extra things you need to do and you don't need all those premium features, then don't pay for them. Find someone that doesn't offer that and, and save some money that way. Well, cool, man. Kirk, again, appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for uh, all the information and knowledge that uh, you always provide when you when you show up on an episode. And good luck with your Kickstarter. Good luck with Jetbacker. And good luck with everything else going on right now. Appreciate it, Gabe. Thanks for your time. Yes, sir.